When I became a devotee, I had done all the coursework for a PhD in religious studies. And uh, yeah, so I, the devotees told me I should quit. Uh, and they showed me where Prabhupada said, had written, the modern educational institutions are the slaughterhouse of the young. <laughs> and that I should quit. So I thought, wow, I've already got like three years into this thing, you know. So uh, I asked the temple president to contact Prabhupada and see what I should do. And the word came back that Prabhupada said I should write a dissertation and get a PhD. The devotees were shocked. And then they said, oh, he's just telling you that you should quit anyway. He's just telling you that because you're attached. (laughs) (laughs) So I did it. I went and finished. It took took a number of years because I became actually became the temple president soon after then and was like, you know, doing other things, but finally got to it. In 1991, uh, Prabhuji wrote a very good book, uh, a book of short essays that I loved. And I never met him, and then I got a chance to take a course with you at a, um, a week-long intensive in New Jersey. Do you remember that? Yeah, V-I-H-E. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In, at Tawaka. So I got to study there. Sonic Bluebird was there. Mm-hmm. It was such a great... I was so happy to meet him. And then I didn't see him for about a year. And then our band had started while we were brahmacharis. And we needed a place to live, a, a temple to live. And um, he was run, uh, Prabhuji was running the temple in Philadelphia. And so our band... Moved in. We had a recording a practice studio in the in the basement of the ashram, and uh, eventually started the record company, Equal Vision, in that ashram. Yeah, and I ran interference because other leaders in ISKCON, what are these guys doing? You know, they, they should be out distributing books and all that other kind of stuff. I could see, you know, that they were, what they were doing was very potent and bringing a lot of people to spiritual life and. Uh, so I kind of ran interference. I told Tamal Krishna, I said, you're like a general who's fighting the last war. <laughs> <laughs> you want him to do what you did, you know. So I, I, did, I was able to keep everybody else at bay. And, but I had a heart attack practically. The first time, because he, he used to show me the words he was writing, you know, and they were all like very Krishna conscious and potent. But I'd never actually been to one of their programs before. <laughs> And then I, it was some basement. The first one I went to was some down in some cellar in Philly. And uh, I go now for me, like the farthest out thing I knew was Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> so I thought that was like you know far you could go, and I couldn't believe it. I go down into this basement. And it looks like there's a riot. First of all. <laughs> Guys are fighting with each other, and there's a stage, and the people on the stage, you know, bare-chested, tattoos all over their body, sweating like crazy, 
No, you can't. They're screaming at the top of the lungs, but you can't hear anything because the noise, you know, the instruments are so loud. And this riot's going on. And I thought, my God, I'm just shocked. So then you have to stand on the stage next to you, next to you right next to you, and they gave me earplugs. And, uh, and, and so uh, Shelter starts playing. And I, all these kids come in below, and they're all, he's screaming the words, you can't hear them because of, <laughs> but he's screaming the words, and they memorize them. You know, they, they, everybody has memorized them, and they're all screaming at the same time, and I could see, you know, it was like really, something was going on there, and, and but all I could think of was Srila Prabhupada standing next to me, and I'm trying to explain to him. <laughs> 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 It was such a passionate scene, you know. But uh, it, then, then our temple filled up with kids, you know. It was like a, it was amazing. They all came. Yeah. <laughs> all, everybody started coming. Yeah, yeah it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my life, those three years or so we spent in Philadelphia. And um, having Prabhuji give these classes every morning, giving the Bhagavatam classes. It was like the university education I never had because he was always very expert explaining um, the intricacies of the philosophy in, in, in context with our modern life. Um, he was, even at that time, I think you were a grandfather. You were a father and a grandfather. And it's, when all you know is a bunch of monks, it's hard to figure out, like, how do I fit in here? <laughs> I mean, I'm a monk, but I can't see myself being a monk forever. And um, He just had a nice way of presenting everything. Those were like probably the most cherished times in my life, and I'm, I'm oh, right. incredibly, world, huh? <laughs> incredibly grateful, fortunate that you moved up here. And I'm sorry you haven't been here more, but I'm looking forward to having as this place opens, having you here more and more because he he's got he's really a, such a wealth of not just information but deep, practical, realized wisdom. I'm just honored to have you here. Well, thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. Well, this is our John Mastami because we don't get we don't have a temple so much around here. So, mm-hmm. you know, just explain the appearance of Krishna. Okay. So we'll talk a bit about uh, Sri Krishna John Mastami. You know what John Mastami means? Janma is birth. Mastami means eight because it's the eighth day of the moon. And he was born, which is tomorrow. If you look at the lunar calendar, we have a little app on our <laughs> telephones that uh, give us the lunar calendar. Uh, I thought I'd talk a little bit about the general principles uh, uh, of Krishna's appearance. This is discussed in the, in the Bhagavad Gita. This is the famous conversation that took place between Krishna and Arjuna. An apocalyptic battle was about to take place. And uh, Arjuna is the warrior and Krishna took the place of his uh, chariot driver. Kind of a menial position, but he wanted to do it. So, of course, you know, maybe know the story that, that uh, Arjuna 
it was a civil war, so his relatives were on the other side too, and he was reluctant to fight. But Krishna wanted this to take place, and uh, so he starts to uh, address uh, the, the doubts and misgivings of uh, Arjuna, and that's this Bhagavad Gita. Uh, so in this Bhagavad Gita, the conversation gets pretty far-ranging. So here in the fourth chapter, uh, uh, Krishna says, uh, he's talking now about these instructions that he's giving him, because he takes the question, what is our duty, what am I supposed to do? Uh, and he takes that question out to as far as it goes, his ultimate destiny and purpose of life and, 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 and so on. So at one point, uh, uh, Krishna says, he's now going to teach him uh, this uh, yoga, the, the science of relationship. And he said that what I'm going to tell you now, I taught before. He said, I, I, I instructed this imperishable science uh, uh, Abhyayam is the word he uses, is eternal or imperishable. Science of yoga uh, to the sun god, Vivasvan. And Vivasvan instructed it to Manu, the father of mankind. And Manu, in turn, instructed to Ishvaku. So, back, way back, uh, it was. It was uh, Done. So that was like many, 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 many years ago uh, 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 that this this happened eons practically, and uh, uh, then Krishna says, then this science was passed down. He uses the word parampara one after another, uh, uh, a chain of disciplic succession, teacher to student, they passed it down. And he said, and, and this, the, the Rajarshis, the, the kings who are also Rishis, the saintly kings, understood it in that way. But now, he says, the succession became broken. And this yoga, this science of the supreme, uh, seems to be lost. And then he says, now I'm going to tell it to you again. I told it long ago in what people consider to be prehistory. And so now he says, uh, I'm that very ancient science of yoga, the relationship with the Supreme... Because yoga, you know, means to use, to link or join, to unite. Then it comes to mean discipline and many other things, but the root, root meaning is, is a discipline that unites, and here's being used, unites the individual soul with the supreme soul. Uh, this is what is translated here that way. So this very ancient science of the relation with the supreme is today told by me to you because you are my devotee as well as my friend, and therefore can understand the uh, uh, 
supreme mystery of this science. He used this word rahasam, secret. That means that not everybody will be able to understand it. Just you walk into a, a physics department at a university and say, teach me physics, and say, well, man, first you've got to go and start to <laughs> take those math courses you skipped over. And, uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's, in some way you could say it's esoteric knowledge, but people become experts. So he's going to tell him, because uh, you, you have some qualifications, then Arjuna says, after getting this, he says, wait a minute, you know, this uh, Vivasvan is senior by birth to you because Krishna had just appeared and, you know, was born into the Yadu dynasty a while ago and was, was uh, a prince. So how, how could you have to- told this to anybody before? Uh, so he was... Uh, you instructed it to him before, and he says to then he says to uh, to Arjuna. He says, uh, "You and I have both of us passed many many births together. I can remember them. You can't." <laughs> uh, and then he says, and then Krishna says, "Ajopisan, uh, uh, although I am ajat." Unborn and avyayatma without change or deterioration uh, and bhutanam ishvaro and although I am the Lord of all beings, uh, he says, I still appear uh, in every millennium in my. Uh, original spiritual form. I descend, he says. And then, so Krishna comes periodically. We're talking about one particular time, but if you read the Bhagavatam, many, many times he comes. And he says here, whenever yada yada hi dharma shiglani, whenever there is a, a decline of dharma, when it goes down, and correspondingly a rise of adharma. You could say religion or irreligion or piety or impiety, dharma and adharma. So when, uh, when a dharma goes down, adharma goes up. And when dharma goes up, adharma goes down. He says. So he says, whenever there's a decline of dharma and uh, a rise of adharma, that's the time that I... And he uses this word uh, here in, in Sanskrit, Atmanam Sri Jamyaham, I send myself forth, I manifest myself. Uh, uh, this is and then he says, there's, then he has a general mission statement. He says, Pratichanayam uh, Sadhunam, I... Uh, deliver or protect the sadhus, those who are pious or righteous, and vinashayam sadhuska, and, and destroy the, the evildoers. Uh, uh, and in this way, I reestablish the principles of Dharma. And I do this, he says, yuge, yuge, yuga after yuga, 
millennium after a millennium. So there are many, many appearances like like this. Uh, So this is the general principle. And then he says something very interesting. Uh, In Sanskrit it goes, Janma karma chame divyam evmyo veti tattvataha chattva deham punar janma naitima meti sojuna he says these terms janma and karma birth and activity so these are usually the activities of a conditioned soul you take birth because of your karma or you perform more karma good or bad and then you take birth again and you take an appropriate form according to your karma this is the the, the transmigration of the, the, the living being the the Atma, the self, through different births. You shuffle off the mortal coil, but you shuffle it back on again, depending upon your desires and your merits or demerits, good karma or bad karma. So that jhana and karma, that's the mark of conditioned person. But he says, jhana karma shemei divyam, he uses the word divya, my uh, 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 spiritual nature or transcendental nature his jhana and karma are a little different uh, if you understand my jhana and karma and what he's saying then there's no more jhana and karma for you mm-hmm. because the idea is that that when we are pure and free from material desires then, then we are liberated and then once you are liberated, you don't have to take birth again under the laws of material nature. And that's the goal. So that he said, just by understanding my janma and karma, uh, then tyaktva deham punar janma naiti, upon giving up your body uh, and knowing me, then you will not again uh, take birth in, in this world. Uh, so this is uh, this is uh, one thing he he says here in the Bhagavad Gita. So that, that's the general principle when when Krishna comes and 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 and, and, and uh, uh, does this thing. So his appearance, roughly dated prehistoric from our times, like well not prehistoric but almost five thousand years ago, uh, uh, in the in the Yadu dynasty at that time. There was actually, you know, I, I have to say that, that from this point of view, uh, we would uh, have to say that, the, that, that at that time, human society was actually more advanced than we are now. Mm-hmm. And that what we are fed is the myth of progress. <laughs> uh, and because... because uh, what is your standard of advancement? Well, our standard of advancement is accumulation of wealth, accumulation of property, the, you know. This is what we, uh, but the actual standard of advancement would be our people becoming more and more uh, pure, more and more clean, more and more merciful, more and more truthful. That's the standard of advancement. And the material culture may sometimes look fairly simple. Uh, uh, but everything is adequate for what you need. 
Uh, you don't have to work all day long in some soul-killing job somewhere <laughs> just to just to keep body and soul together. But you had actually time for spiritual cultivation. So anyway, the story of Krishna's uh, appearance is re- recorded uh, in uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam, the, the Bhagavad Purana, how Krishna came. Uh, uh, and uh, set things right. Uh, uh, and uh, the the story is that uh, uh, again there is this conflict. You see, I mean, there's there's the, the history of the of, of the universe that that we get from this uh, Vedic literature is there is a a kind of uh, cosmic warfare going on between two groups. There's the Davis, who is the administration. Uh, the 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 uh, yeah the Davis who 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 run the universe as the agents of of the Supreme Lord, and who maintain everything. But there's also the Asuras. You could say the gods and the anti-gods. Mm-hmm. And there has been this this cosmic warfare. Star Wars, <laughs> but between these, you know where we get the idea, these ideas from? I mean, they're implanted deep within them. Between the forces of good and the forces of evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, 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 this clash has gone on, as Krishna saying, been going on for a long time. And Krishna intervenes, he descends to, to intervene. Uh, and uh, and uh, set things right uh, periodically, uh, and so uh, at the time that Krishna himself came. Now Krishna himself is is a, is a kind of a special. He comes every millennium, but it's said that only once in a day of Brahma does Krishna himself come. I mean, Srila uh, uh, Prabhupada. When he, Krishna is called Bhagavan in Sanskrit, which means one who possesses all opulence, wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge, and renunciation in full. This is Bhagavan. But Prabhupada's translation is this interesting phrase, Supreme Personality of Godhead. And if you take it apart, this word Godhead refers to the absolute truth. I mean, in, in Vedanta, uh, the goal is Brahman, to understand Brahman. And Brahman is defined uh, atato brahma gignasa janmadasiyataha. Brahman is that from which everything comes. Uh, it is not that all of a sudden things popped into existence out of nothing. But there is an ultimate source of all energies, and this is what is called Brahman. Uh, uh, and and we then learn that this Brahman is encountered by people who want to know that Brahman in, in three different features. Uh, one is as, as the impersonal Brahman. Uh, uh, this is known by by people who are just renouncing the world, very severe austerities and penances. They encounter this transcendence of which all material names and forms and everything is negated. 
and they realize that they and that Brahman are of the same nature. Now, this is Brahman. Uh, the other is is Paramatma. This 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 non-dual substance is encountered in theories as as the as the impersonal uh, Brahman as Paramatma, uh, the super soul. Uh, this Paramatma, for example, if you read the Pantanjali Yoga Sutras, is the goal of that yoga practice, as they practice to to realize that you 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 have an individual spiritual identity. You're the Atma, but there's also the Atma of the Atma or the Paramatma, the self of the self. <coughs> this is another uh, form of which God is realized, and then Bhagavan the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whom uh, this, uh, the, 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 the Brahman is the, described as the effulgence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This, uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, Paramatma in the heart is, is a localized representative of the Lord. That's, accessible inside, and then Bhagavan, this Supreme Personality of Godhead, and the Supreme uh, Personal Being with all wealth, strength, faith, knowledge, and renunciation. Now, that you can say, well, if God is a person, that's limited. God is unlimited, so that he can't be a person. Well, if he can't, but if he isn't a person, that's also a limitation. Hmm. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> but therefore there are that same one Bhagavan actually is able to uh, appear in many varieties of forms so his, his so one way that usually we think of uh, 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 of the Lord as Vishnu that is to say his majesty is prominent because he's all powerful, so this four-handed Vishnu form, he's got club, conch shell, disc, and lotus showing his different potencies. And worshipped, if you go to India, there are many Vishnu temples in awe and reverence. Because his power and majesty is what's... And he's, yeah, he's that. Very much so, if he's all powerful. So the Vaishnavas, many Vaishnavas worship that form. But when you come to Krishna, something very special happens. Uh, that power, Krishna wants relationships with devotees that are close and intimate. And the power, you know, you stand back. You know, you, you break out in a cold sweat and you're, you're like this, you know, because you realize he's great and I'm very tiny and he's very awesome. But, but, but Krishna wants close relationships, intimate relationships with uh, devotees. So he, think of two nods, right? The other feature of, of the Supreme Lord is call, uh, called sweetness. Uh, Aishvarya, majesty, and the other is uh, sweetness. What's the Sanskrit? Madhurya. Madhurya, yeah, Madhurya, sweetness. So, as Krishna, the same Lord, he turns 
up the sweetness and turns down the majesty. And that's why when Krishna comes to actually show this, he shows his most intimate relationships. And therefore, instead of being, at least in the beginning of his, of, of, of his Leela, he's like a country kid with bare feet, <laughs> herding cows in a village with village cowherd girls. Uh, that's, that's, and his sweetness is what's prominent. Uh, 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 not everybody will appreciate it. You know, they want that majesty. Okay, that's also there. Uh, there's a description of Krishna in, 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 when he's in Vrindavan. This is Krishna in Vrindavan. That's the, he's the Supreme Lord. He's got, but he, he just keeps that like undercover. Because he, he, ha, he has a devotee that's his mother. She wants to protect him. She's afraid, you know, the, 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 these, these uh, dangers are there all the time and she wants to hold him on her lap so he doesn't disturb her. So, she can, uh, so we can see that relationship. Uh, so so he, he is like a child to be taken care of. People want to worship. I, I, I knew when I lived in Philadelphia some, some uh, very pious uh, Catholic uh, devotees came from pious Catholic families. And one guy's mother was uh, had a little statue of baby Jesus that she was <laughs> <laughs> mothering. You know? People want that relationship with God, but they, you know, they're not quite sure it's available or it's imaginable. But he does this just to foster that relationship. And so if you read the Srimad Bhagavatam, Prabhupada's Krishna book, you'll see all these relationships that... that uh, and that, that's why Krishna is called supreme, because, because, because that majesty is there, but, but he also has these intimate uh, relationships uh, that are very, very... Uh, you have to be very advanced to, to actually appreciate these, because they're, they're exchanges of spiritual ecstasies. Of, of varieties that they ever increase uh, in love and beauty. And of course, the more celebrated part of that is Krishna's relationship with the, with the, with the milkmaids. The, the boys who go out and herd the cows, uh, and then the, the the girls in a college village, traditional like Indian village, you know, they they would they would uh, milk the cows and churn butter and all these things like that. Huh? And then of, of these of these cowherd girls, these milkmaids, uh, then there was one special Srimati Radharani, and you have Radha and and Krishna. Uh, and here is she is if 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 he is the supreme lord, she's the supreme devotee. And when Krishna descends, by the way, he he comes with all his these pastimes of Krishna, these activities, this lila is going on in the in the spiritual world, and it just becomes manifest here. Anybody big where they travel, you know, when, when the President of the United States travels somewhere, he's not by himself. There's a entourage, there's all kinds of people. 
So when Krishna travels, he brings his devotees with him uh, of various kinds. They all come down. He's, he's supremely personal. And to be a person means social. And personality is revealed and develops in relationship with other people. So Krishna, you see this, this personalism at its, at its height. So I was with, one time I was with uh, my spiritual master Srila Prabhupada and it was actually uh, John Mastani in Nirvindavan and we have on the altar Radha and Krishna together. And he's talking about how Radha and Krishna together are ever increasing in beauty and bliss. Because there's no upper limit. It's not, there's a dynamic going on. And so he's, he says, Prabhupada was saying, he says that uh, 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 Radha and Krishna are together. And, and, and then uh, uh, Krishna looks at Radharani and he sees how beautiful she is. And his joy increases. And when his joy increases, his beauty increases. You see, I mean, when somebody is happy, they look better, right? <laughs> Everybody knows that. But there's a kind of a limit <laughs> that we face because we, the spirit soul, are one thing, our subtle body, manas, buddhi, ahankar, the mind, and so on, is another thing. Uh, our gross body is another thing. We have different layers. The self is the, is the spirit soul, then has a subtle body, uh, and then a gross body. Uh, so we're different. But when you come to Krishna, he's unified. There's no difference in Krishna between the soul and the body, the body and the mind, the mind and the, the body, or the one is there. So that, that's, that's why when Krishna looks at Radharani and sees how beautiful, his joy increases. Because these things have no upper limit. His joy increases and he becomes more beautiful. And then when Radharani sees that Krishna has become even more beautiful, her happiness increases and her beauty increases. And then when Krishna sees that Radharani has become even more beautiful, his joy increases and then his beauty increases and so on. And Prabhupada did like this. And so on it goes without any limit. This is what's happening in spirituality. We are invited to contribute to it. We have something to contribute. Every living being Krishna wants a relationship with and we have something to, to add to it. Uh, uh, and, and so Krishna shows this, these intimate uh, relationships and these exchanges of love in the spiritual bodies. And we have the capacity to feel it, but, but right now we're imprisoned in a world of material desires. And we, try, we, we, we are bliss-seeking beings. We look for that bliss. We uh, settle for material things and somehow or other we're not satisfied. And we look elsewhere. We look elsewhere. We go to this, we go to that. Uh, 
drugs, sex, rock and roll, whatever, and they're never quite satisfied. Because what we we are made for loving Krishna. And so the process of devotional service is this reawakening of our spiritual nature, of this relationship with Krishna. Uh, and uh, it's facilitating for us. So that, that's, that's when, when the, when, when, why Krishna is especially the, the center of... I mean, in Srimad Bhagavatam you find so many different... Uh, avatars of Krishna are described in some detail in their activities and what he did. And the Shringa day becomes a half lion and a half man, kills uh, Hiranyakashipu and saves Prahlada. These are all fantastic stories. You, I mean, you just can't beat them. Um, I don't believe you could make them up. <laughs> These are things that people saw, you know. But when, it, but, it, but, but when it comes to Krishna, that's the bulk of, of Srimad Bhagavatam about his activities and especially his activities in, in Vrindavan uh, with these, these pastimes. Uh, and it's very, very elevated. Uh, and uh, how, if it's so, you know, the, the, remember the comedian Groucho Marx, you know, he once said, uh, he said, I'd never belong to a club that would have me as a member. <laughs> and I sort of feel like, well, if, if this is so uh, special and esoteric and elevated, how come I know about it? <laughs> and that's because it says that Krishna comes once in Brahma's day. I mean, Krishna himself in his original form as Vrindavan Krishna. Mm -hmm. uh, wherever he comes, uh, 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 in the, the earlier yuga, in the Bikali yuga, Lord Chaitanya comes. It's followed by Lord Chaitanya. And Lord Chaitanya, with his very powerful method of chanting the Hare Krishna mantra and the Bhakti Yoga, it is so powerful that we can have access to understanding uh, and entering into Krishna's uh, uh, pastimes, his Leela of Vrindavan. And Lord Chaitanya came just, uh, you know, 500 years ago, which is very recently, uh, with the idea that that he and Lord Chaitanya is Krishna himself coming as a devotee. It's part of the dynamic between Radha and Krishna, actually, because Krishna is saying, you know, I, I am feeling so much bliss when I look at Radharani. She feels even more bliss than I do, and I want to taste it for myself, but I can't. I'm the object of her love. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't get to it from, from my position. And then the, the other thing he, he wants to do is, is, is understand it. What is it, you know, to, to explore its depths of her love for him. And then he wants to know, and what is it about me that inspires such love in her? 
I, obviously I can't see myself because I'm me, but, but if I take somehow take her position, I can do that. So therefore, uh, there's a kind of, uh, you know, dialectic where Krishna comes as his own devotee and takes on the, 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 the color and the, the feelings of Radharani and explores him for himself. And that's Lord Chaitanya, uh, who, who acts as, as, as a devotee who can actually feel these ecstasies. And we have a record of what Lord Chaitanya in his 48 years on the planet underwent and, and, and explained and uh, and with the idea that one day, the, by the simple method of chanting Hare Krishna, the, the, the fallen, because the, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is, is chanted with a few uh, um, uh, 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 how shall I say, uh, in a proper way, with, 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 a, with a, a, a pure intention, that destroys all the dirt, the, uh, the uh, the things of the modes of passion and the modes of ignorance, they'll start to go away. One becomes established in goodness, and then spiritual experience becomes becomes possible for us. So he's given us this very powerful method of chanting Hare Krishna, uh, and so these two to go together, Lord Chaitanya and and and, and, and Krishna, so that that we can also have access and feel those same, uh, participate in those spiritual ecstasies of ever-increasing bliss. That, that, and those reveal who we are, our own spiritual identity and relationship to Krishna. And we will have to know what, what it is, we'll be able to experience real spiritual feelings, which will come from a place in ourselves we didn't know existed. Uh, uh, this, the chanting of Hare Krishna, we actually discover who we really are. We're not the body, we're not the mind, we're the spirit soul. And that identity, that spiritual identity becomes fully revealed. Uh, so anyway, this is what, for me, at least Krishna Janmashtami means, uh, is that, again, welcoming... Uh, uh, Krishna and his uh, and his activities uh, and entering into his lila and taking advantage of the, the opportunity, very big opportunity. I mean, uh, extremely fortunate to, to have this access to somebody who's uh, uh, telling it like it like it is and giving us a proper method for uh, that's doable for. Uh, becoming uh, actual devotees of Krishna and entering into his uh, pastimes. Anyway, maybe I'll stop there and, uh, and uh, questions or comments or anything else? I mean, there's a lot to be said about Krishna. You know? <laughs> there's just one volume. <laughs> yeah? Um, so, Krishna appears on this planet only once. Is that correct? In, in his particular form as Vrindavan Krishna. Okay. Once in a day of Brahma. Okay. 
there are many, many, many days. <laughs> that, that, uh, uh, yeah. Many yuga cycles, how many? I don't remember the number, uh, the day of Brahma, but a uh, very long time. Because the creation comes and goes, it opens and comes, and comes out and closes down from Lord Brahma. And Brahma has a day and a night, and anyway, so just once in Brahma's day. Very big time scale. All other devas are um, jivas? Usually. Very empowered jivas. Ganesh, Saraswati, Chandra, Surya. Yeah. Sometimes also uh, some of the devas are uh, like Lakshmi is a deva, but she's also uh, not not exactly a jiva. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Saraswati is the same way. Sometimes the position of Brahma, he's a jiva, who just. But sometimes Krishna himself will take that position if there's no suitable jiva. Uh, to do the job. So, but the devas, you know how many devas there are? 33 million. 332 million. It says Koti. Prabhupada always says 33 million, but it's Koti. A Koti is 333 million. The devas, just to show how much we don't know. The devas are like the nervous system of the cosmic form of God. One, another form of Krishna is the cosmic body. And the Bhagavatam has many, many places where uh, you can meditate on this world as the body of one of God's bodies. Uh, at least to begin with, you know. The hills and mountains are his bones, the rivers are his veins. Because he's also the cosmic organism, and it has a nervous system. I mean, to know just to know how much we don't know about this world. Uh, there are yoga cities, cities, you know, the, all the yoga powers. They're all outlined in, in Pantanjali. Uh, that's how the devas work by yoga cities. They're not miracles. People will see, you know, like Jesus walking on water, it's a miracle. No, it's Lagima City. And they're entirely within the laws of nature. We don't know those laws. We, you know, we, we can make, make a hovercraft or something, you know, <laughs> a crude approximation. But actually, they are entirely natural. If I have Prapti City, I can take my hand, I can reach, I can pick a rose from a garden in Calcutta, take it and hand it to you. How did I do that? How does it happen? That my hand doesn't, you know, go across like a jet route, you know, <laughs> a great circle. No. Somehow or other, this space and that pace are made contiguous, and I can hand it to you. How does that work? What kind of a universe is it? We have not got the faintest idea. Hmm. Just to show you what we don't know, which is almost everything. <laughs> We're proud of our little bit of technology, which we can do a few things. We think we can figure out the secrets of the universe. We aren't even close. 
But just understand, all those yoga cities are natural powers. All the devas have them, that's how they do things. That's, that's, they, that's how they operate and, and keep things going. So, anyway, that's just to show you. What would, it, what would you say if someone challenged you and said, you know, you've created a whole religion out of this uh, worship of gods, but actually every culture, there's Norse gods, there's Greek gods, there's Roman gods, why, why are you choosing these gods to rally behind? They're all the same gods, they just have different names. They're, they're really all the... Yeah. And people encounter them, they call them different things. People have one piece of it, one. There's only one religion, really. Uh, and, uh, you know, people do it for different things. But all, they're, they're all. Everybody used to know about these. You know, we don't see them anymore. The, uh, Schiller, the, 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 the uh, German poet, said he observed that in, in, in the days uh, when the gods were more human, Humans were more divine. <laughs> there was a little bit of, <laughs> but we we've lost it, you know. We we've lost it. We think of progress. I was just reading it in, in one of Plato's dialogues, the Phaedrus. Uh, the, the Socrates is, is complaining about the invention of writing, how bad it is, because people have lost the ability to remember. Mm. It used to be, in other words, writing is not a sign of the advancement of civilization. It's a sign of the decline. People used to have memories. If you look at Sanskrit, for example, how it was taught, uh, it was all by memory. All the rules of the language were put into sutras. You chanted the sutras and then you, you, you had But they're better, you know? Like, like, what's the English alphabet? A, B, C, D. What's the Sanskrit alphabet? You start, uh, uh, e, e, u, u, ri, ri, a, i, o, a. The vowels, right? Just, uh, uh, e, e, u, u, ri, ri, a. The dipsong, a, i, o, a. Then you come to the consonants. You start in the throat. Ka, 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 na. Ka, ka. What's the difference between ka and ga? One is, the, with, with ka, the vocal cords don't move. With ga, they do. So the first is ka. You have to have a vowel, so they use a short a. Ka. And then the aspirated ka. Ga, ga. And then an associated nasal. Mm. Do you say sing? Where's that? Where's that? In. It's down in your throat. That's different from the other ends <laughs> that are in different places. Cha cha, ja ja na, cha cha, da da na, yuna, papa, babama, yatra, lava. It's like you start here and you go all the way up to the lips. These people knew what they were doing. <laughs> they really had it down, I gotta say, you know. And I tell you, when European scholars discovered Sanskrit, they had a heart attack. Because, <laughs> you know, they, yeah, who were the Indians of these little brown people wandering around, you know, lower, inferior people, colonial subjects and all that other stuff. 
And yet, they recognized that Sanskrit was the parent language of Latin and Greece. Mm -hmm. And they knew, you know, they had it down better than... And that's, you know, then they came with this Aryan invasion theory and all this other stuff. They must have been European somehow. <laughs> <laughs> So, if you have any ambitions about all this stuff, that it looks too far out to be true, it's far out enough to be true. <laughs> that's at least how I think about it. You know. Were the Greeks influenced by the Indians? Is that? Oh yeah, sure. Well, the, the language was. Or mathematics or Pythagoras. Must yeah, be Pythagoras. Good. All these people that they, you know, where you know where did where did the Arabic numbers come from? Guess what? There are Sanskrit numbers there. The Arabs were there and they brought them over. Otherwise, these pe primitive people in, in Europe use only you know, X's and V's and I's. And, but the, but the, what we call, we, 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 we call the Arabic numbers were the, the Arabs got it from the, from the Indians. Yeah, they're much, much better. Yeah. And then anyway. And a lot of things that we think is advanced technology is just stuff they wouldn't even bother with. You know. Anything else? Any question you want to ask? Yeah. I just have one question. Um, it's about the Yugas. Uh -huh. So do you believe that we're in the Kali Yuga? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is the Kali Yuga. Yeah. Have you, are you familiar with uh, Swami Sri Yukteswar? Who? Swami Sri Yukteswar. Uh -huh. um, he was actually uh, Paramahansa Yogananda's guru. Mm -hmm. And he has a book called The Holy Science. And in that, one of the things that he talks about is how through writing, like you were saying, mm -hmm. how writing is kind of how things got so messed up that they miscalculated the time frame of the Kali Yuga and that we've actually been out of it and that we're in the 316th year of the Dupara Yuga, based on the fact. Oh yeah, that I've heard. Of, I've heard about that. Yeah. Because we have like yeah. we figure out atomic energy and electricity yeah. and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I was just wondering if you were familiar with that. What yeah, no, I, I've heard. I've I've heard that. Yeah. I I don't know what to make of it really. Or uh, do you feel that we're actually on an up? Upswing, I guess, with consciousness. And with co yeah, I, 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 I personally attribute that to the appearance of Lord Chaitanya, and, and uh, our own texts tell us that, that because of Lord Chaitanya, within Kali Yuga, there will be a golden age of Krishna consciousness that'll last ten thousand years, five thousand up and five thousand down, and it just began five hundred years ago. Or maybe some people think the first 500 years was a sandhya, like a dawn, and actually began fairly re recently. Uh, so that would account for some good thing. But some of the stuff that we call as progress, is, 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 you may notice, is, is not. Uh, uh, I mean, electricity and things like that. I, I mean, I, I, I use them, of course. I mean, you know, I think the iPhone is the greatest thing around. But, <laughs> but if we, you know... Talk about destroying memories. <laughs> and put you in contact with so many people you never wish you knew. <laughs> so, 
Actually, what probably we need to do, in which some of the things that Prabhupada wanted us to do, like cow protection, sounds like really archaic, you know? But if you think that if energy production and food production should be as local as possible, because look, look, at, the, look at the byproducts of our progress, right? Right. Look what we've done. Mm. Destroying the earth. Yeah, destroying the earth. If, if you just have to say, okay, to rectify it, you have to have uh, food production and energy production as local as possible. Many of the things that Prabhupada was talking about and wanted to have with the farm communities start to seem very advanced. Mm-hmm. Because like if you plow with oxen, uh, it's a force multiplier, so you, you, can, you can feed more people than just yourselves. Uh, but they produce fertilizer. Produce fertilizer. Huh? It's fascinating. Yeah. While they're plowing. While they're plowing, they produce fertilizer. <laughs> and people have even said, I mean, I saw a picture in the New York Times of a couple of professors from the University of Massachusetts, which has a big agricultural school, plowing with oxen. Because hmm. they just figured it out. <laughs> So I don't think we'll get rid of technology, but I, I think it would become appropriate, you know. Sort of meet the two in the middle. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if you do it that way, it's okay. Because you know? we use it. We use everything in Christian service, so, you know, we use the printing press and all those other kind of things. And maybe memories will start to come back, too. You know? I kind of don't do you believe that the earth is a conscious being itself? Part of a conscious being, yeah. Maybe there's Earth, Earth Deva, the De- Devi in this case, Mother Earth as we call her. Mm-hmm. She comes and prays to Krishna actually. Mm-hmm. And they have these persona socia. Mm-hmm. How that works I really don't know, but Hoping to find out, so. <laughs> so far, many things in Krishna consciousness, uh, when I first encountered them, seemed like I, I couldn't really uh, understand them at all. And then become gradually clear and clear and clear. You really have to have a, a clear head. You know what it says in the Bhagavad Gita that knowledge depends upon sattva. I mean, Krishna consciousness is a science. Uh, uh, that it gives actual knowledge. Now, now, one one thing you know that the, the devotees who are strict, we follow you know the four regular principles, which is the biggest obstacle for people: no eating meat, fish, or eggs, uh, no intoxication, uh, uh, no illicit sex, just sex within marriage, propagation, children. And no gambling or speculative enterprises. That's the, and people think of these as kind of moral rules, but actually they're rules of knowledge. They're, co- they're for cognitive principles because in the Bhagavad Gita, knowledge depends upon sattva. You, you study one really good thing to know is about the three modes of nature: uh, uh, sattva guna, raja guna, and tamaguna. Uh, so, sattva guna. 
See, our standard of advancement in modern society is the standard of the mode of passion, of Raja Guru. That's what Wall Street is about. That's what America is about. You know, more and more money, more and more property, more and more this, more and more that. That's what Donald Trump, you know, like, that's what you want. The trouble with the, the result, according to what this is discussed in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, the, the result of the mode of passion is misery. Because it increases your hangerings and desires and longings, and you can't satisfy them. Whatever you do, it's not enough. It goes on and on. So therefore the result is misery. And then to uh, uh, get rid of the misery, people go to the mode of ignorance, to dull consciousness of drugs, alcohol, whatever else, and suicide, all these things, you know. It's not, it's not really very good. And the idea that knowledge depends upon uh, uh, goodness. And then, then if one is in sattva-guna, then further progress is called vishuddha-sattva, pure goodness. We discover that within us there's this capacity where it's not even bracketed by any passion and ignorance. And at that point, what people call spiritual knowledge becomes possible. Uh, but it's just knowledge. I, mean, I don't know why you call it spiritual. <laughs> but anyway, it, 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 it becomes possible. And as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, when you gain it, you think, wow, there's no, nothing better. Mm-hmm. It's no greater gain. You know? And so this is what, this is what, and human life, one of Prabhupada's slogans was human life is meant for self realization. And the correlation was, and not sense gratification. Mm-hmm. Sense gratification, yeah, you need some to maintain yourself in good health, that's, that's fine, but whatever excess is there, it should be uh, used in the service of your, your spiritual advancement. That's what we're called for. And that's what human life is for, and we won't be really satisfied until we do it. Now, you know, we may be, if there's a spiritual path, you know, we may be here, 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 here. You know, people are distributed in different places. The point is to go forward. It's not so much uh, where you are, but where, what, what the next step is. And just take the next step. And, you know, like they say with AA, you know, one, <laughs> one step at a time. <laughs> and you take that step, oh, that's right, and the next step, and then the next step. That's what we should do. Okay? Thank you. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna, Janmashtami ki. Jai. 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 J